Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric LaFlaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real World Series Spectacular Edition Number Three, and as always, we are brought to you by Tops. Tops Project Seventy celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. Check it out now. If you haven't checked it out, what have you been doing? All right, I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. And I'm with my regular co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever who never got to pitch in a World Series. Nope. I did not. Never, ever did it. That would did you ever pitch fun. in the postseason? Did you ever pitch in the postseason, Eric? I forgot. Yeah, 2012 wild card game. That was it. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Uh, <laughs> put up a zero. Too, a too zero. soon. And then too had soon. a nice view of some garbage flying down from the <laughs> second deck <laughs> in the seventh. Oh, man. Imagine if that happened. I got to tell you, man, when Dansby Swanson, on something unrelated to the World Series, when Dansby Swanson called out the crowd in effect earlier this year for throwing garbage on the field, I thought, uh-oh, he might have overstepped his bounds. I thought, man, they might boo him next time he comes out or whatever. The next time something happened a few weeks ago, remember the bad call? Terrible call. Yeah. No garbage went on the field. None. I'm like, that's like a first year. You know, they chanted and everything, but no garbage on the field. So Dan might have more pull than we gave him credit for. Was that you're talking about the play against Milwaukee where the ball bounced? Yes. Yes. Well, it was a terrible play, terrible call. Luckily, the game didn't turn out. You know, luckily that didn't cost them. But yeah, I kind of felt the same way like, shit, this could be that same. Right. I was waiting for it. Game changing. Game changing type of moment, but it didn't. World Series is underway, Eric, and the Braves come home. With me tired and them split one one. Now this is kind of like when they came back from L.A. and we said if somebody had told the Braves that you could be up two one coming back from L.A., you'd have said hell yeah we'll take that. Even though everybody at the time was going oh the momentum's totally shifted oh they're gonna get killed now it's just like uh, uh, twenty it's just like last year that's what's gonna yeah. happen they're gonna lose the and they did and they came home and they've kicked ass at Truist Park for a while now so. 
They just got to keep this thing going at Truist Park where they won 10 of their last 11 games, including all five playoff games. Only loss in that stretch was the day after they clinched when they rested about half or two-thirds of the lineup and they lost to the Mets, which really, I just throw that out the window anyway. So this home factor has been a real home factor lately after not being much of one for most of the year when they played better on the road record-wise. So they're going to need it to overcome this uh, pitching what's happening with the pitching man it sucks too because when you looked at when i looked at the rosters i thought that was the main area they had the advantage yeah i did too you know rotation especially charlie gets hurt and free just hasn't quite been himself right now you essentially had a bullpen game game one yeah they went out quick freed wasn't the same yesterday but i got to give him credit you know he battled and got through more innings than i expected because i, I yeah. felt like the hook was coming and Credit to Smith for leaving him in. He kind of, I mean, it looked like the last couple innings he pitched, it looked like he found it to me. And then he got in a little trouble when he got yanked. But he kind of cruised there for a second and looked he pretty He retired nine in a row. He had three looked, perfect innings. Yeah. And, four, and, and two of those innings, he had two strikeouts each. And he looked so like was, himself again. It was really like Max Freed for innings three through five. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. There's about, about half the managers in this postseason at least would have yanked him in the second inning. But you can't. Oh well, you know, you with an off no, with an off day today, you you could have. But 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 they're on fumes though. They're that on broke, fumes. That bullpen yesterday was on fumes, and yeah. and it's, I think Snit trust him enough to think that he was going to kick it in gear because Snit said afterwards, I find it hard to even say that he was struggling because Snit didn't think he was struggling. I mean, I thought he was, but Snit thought it was mostly you know balls through the infield and all that. The first inning they hit a couple of balls hard though to the so, wall to the yeah. track. The, the first inning for me was alarming. The first yeah. inning I was like, shit, man, he's not right. Yeah. The second inning when he gave up the three or four runs, yeah, that was just shitty luck. I mean. Broken bat, in, jam shot, in RBI single. Infield single. Gurriel went the other way, which, you know, he he's one of those guys that I wouldn't shift. It, it, looked, per- it looked like he did that on purpose when he hit that ball yeah. to the right of second base. Like yeah. he was just looking for something he could just push through that hole. Um, yeah. there's, there's something about, you know, shifting back control guys. And there's certain guys in the league that they get shifted and uh-huh. then teams stop shifting them because the reason they're pulling the ball and hitting a certain way is because that's where the field's open. Teams start to shift them. And that's when you learn they have the back control to just shoot that hole. And it, it looked like he meant to do that. So, I mean, that's, that's extremely frustrating as a pitcher, you know, yeah. when Max looks back and think he's got a double play ball and it's just, you know, somebody's running a post route from shortstop trying to go yeah. get that thing. You know, that's yeah. extremely frustrating, but I thought his tempo looked better. I thought his stuff looked sharper. You know, I thought he kind of maybe pitched to his strengths a little too much instead of their weaknesses, which is always a question when you come, you know, come into pitching a game. Like he attacked Altuve inside, and that's kind of Altuve's strength. You know, you got to stay down away to him, try to get a ground ball. Um, but there's a lot of at bats like that early where I was like, you know, he needs to make an adjustment strategy wise, but his stuff and his control and everything to me looked pretty good. Yeah, it's not, and it's not like he was throwing ninety-two, no. you know, Stuff or that his curveball wasn't breaking at all. I mean, he wasn't throwing his fastball up in the zone like he normally does. He wasn't getting any swings and misses with a fastball. And I asked him that in the post game in the post game interview room, and I asked him, you know, because he had, I think it was he threw, however many sinkers and four seamers combined that it was, he got one swing and miss. Yeah. Now he said, he answered to me, it's not normally a swing and miss pitch for me. I just normally get a lot of ground balls with it. Yep. 
and he wasn't getting as many of those last night as normal, and he wasn't getting any swing and misses, which we usually get some. But I, I'm with you, though. I didn't think that the stuff was, like, alarmingly degraded or whatever, and those three innings, he was fine. So I guess what makes it alarming was that the previous start was bad against the Dodgers, so this back-to-back bad starts for him numbers-wise when he hadn't had a bad start, you know, since the beginning of August. Right. But if those balls go to somebody, none of them were hit hard in the second inning. Yeah. If those balls wind up going to people, you're a hero, you know, and that's, that's what I talk about all the time is not necessarily looking at the results. Yeah. As far as the box score, but looking at how you threw the ball. And when you're giving up soft contact, infield singles, CNI singles, Maldonado hits a a soft ground ball with some top spin. It just happens to be right in the hole. You know, stuff like that, you have to be able to analyze as a pitcher and say, I didn't pitch like shit there. You know, the, the game against the Dodgers, they were shitting on the ball. There's there's right. no there's no debating like, you know, two, three home runs that are torched. Yeah. There was nothing lucky about the way the Dodgers hit them. Exactly. The, the game yesterday with the Astros, you kind of got to say, you know what? Maybe I had a good game plan or a bad game plan, but I threw the ball really, really well. I, I was commanding it. My stuff was there. I don't need to change too much going in this next start. I just have to you know, stay confident and believe that if I throw the ball well, I'll get better results this time. And I thought he handled the questions really well about the shift because he has the right perspective. It's like the Braves have been a much better team since they started shifting so much in May because that's when they did. They made a decision to start shifting, and they've been a much better defensive team with the shift. Okay, so you can't just note when the shift cost you hits and then not note all those screaming liners up the middle when Ozzy Albies or Dansby Swanson is sitting right there and stoop routine. And that's a, that's a double or, you know, at least a single so many times those balls, they might go to the gap. They might roll to the gap, you know, if the guys aren't shifted. So you can't say that fans are, you know, on Twitter going, if we're not shifted, that's a double play. It's like, well, yeah, but if you're not shifted, then these other ones are so that's the way well, they play. If you're not shifted, he doesn't try to hit the ball like that. You know, yeah. there's, there's certain Uriel, guys, especially. That, and I saw Bellinger do it in the last series. And right. You, yes. You know, yes. The thing is, is, is there's certain shifts that leave an entire left or right side of the infield wide open. Right. Guys can hit that gap when it's, when it's, you know, kind of catered to their swing but you still got the shortstop on the shortstop side of the bag and the, the right. second baseman's maybe a little bit more toward right, and they're kind of a little shifted. Those extreme shifts, though, against a back control guy, yeah. I think this off se- or this postseason I've seen it more than any other time I've watched baseball is really good players purposely yeah. take a single to beat the shift. And they're learning how to because so many teams are shifting now. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, you got to try it a little bit more, you know, than you would have before. But nobody cries when that hard ground ball up right. the middle, 105 miles an hour, is right to a second baseman, and he steps on the bag and gets and a double play. And it happens all the time. All I the mean, time. And and how about the the night before when Ozzy fielded that ball close to running in uh, in shallow right field, going yep. to the line, First inning, change the game. If that gets through, the whole game is changed. Yeah. If he's not shifted, that goes through. I feel like if that ball gets through, they lose the game. That's you know, totally there's no telling end. what happens that inning. And that's what Dusty noted too. So I mean, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't ever say that about shifts because that that is the way the team plays, and they're not going to just stop playing like that when you get in the postseason, you know. Well, everybody's doing it for a reason. Yeah, you know, because our percentages yep. say that you're going to take away more hits than you're going to give up. Yeah, playing straight up. But it this sucks. Fuck, <laughs> it sucks when you're I pitching bet. and you get just a shitty ground ball right yeah. at the second baseman. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, cool, I'm out of this thing. 
You turn around yeah. and look, and there's nobody in sight. And that thing's it's rolling, rolling to right field. Six miles an hour toward the right fielder. You know, like that and ball's going to stop in the infield. And, and the guy's just flying around first base for a double. Yeah. I, <laughs> or around third base to score. That's when it's hard to maintain that perspective that, you know, most of the time it bails you out. But it, it's definitely deflating, you know, especially if you're scrambling and trying to get through an inning like Max was. And that ball yeah. Gurriel hit. Because you could, you could see Gurriel consciously make an effort. Yeah. To get his hands inside the ball and push that's it. That's what to Max the, said. He yeah. pushed it to the right side. And that's my only question with it. You know, I used to always think, you know, there's no way a team's going to shift Martin Prado because he's a back control guy. And right. you see some of these back control guys get shifted. And I think that for them, it's like, well, go ahead and shift me. I'll just take my single until you stop doing it because they can actually yeah. control where they hit the ball. The, the big dogs and the, and the guys that are just trying to go deep, I think it's really smart, but there's, some of those back control guys, and especially if you're managing or, or you're aligning your defense and you see a guy consciously just push a ball, you know, he's not trying to do any damage. He's just pushing a ground ball where your second yeah. baseman should be. Then maybe you think twice about shifting that guy. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I don't know what what we can say about Charlie, man. That was like I have never seen anything like that, though. I mean, it's happened. Bob Gibson uh, did something similar, pitched with a broken bone for a while, but uh, that that shot off of his shin or near the ankle was so flush that it went straight to Freddie, basically, and it had yeah. around. It was an out, and it was a hundred and two off the bat, off the bone. And and it went boom, boom, one hopper. For him to go back out to get the last two outs in that inning and then go out and strike out Altuve, and then he struck out Altuve on that curveball, and you could see where he kind of kind of turned like you normally do. You know, you land on your on your, on your foot, and you kind of twist, and you could see that's when it did. He just like, oh, this is too much. That, it just hit him. Yeah. And he could barely walk off the field. And only did if, if he was a lesser guy with a, a lesser pain tolerance, he would have been helped off that field. Like Avalon with a cramp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when I saw that, I didn't, you know, it didn't really, it didn't register because it had been so long. Since it had been the, so long. The, I thought when, Achilles at first. I thought Achilles because he's 37. That's what I thought. And, and it's one of those motions that when it happens, when it snaps, and his response was kind of like Achilles, you know? He was like, like that. I'm like, oh, no, don't let it be Achilles. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, he he pitched far enough away from that play where he got line drive because you're always wondering about those. Yeah, but he jogs, he covers first, and then he finishes the inning. And you're like, okay, yeah. it didn't hurt him because you can get smoked with a line drive, and if it hits if it hits some good padding, 
you know, you're fine. You don't even feel it. You have a bruise for a few days and you keep moving. Right. But if it hits the wrong spot, you know, if it hits a bone, you're in trouble. It swelled up during between innings. Yeah. And I think that's when it got him was when he stopped moving on it. Yeah. And it kept swelling up. And then he, and then he, and then, and then I think he worsened it, you know, landing and kind of twisting to whatever. So uh, the good thing is it's not, it's not a uh, torn ligament. It's not because it's like torn ankle ligaments or a knee or a shoulder or elbow, something that would put, you know, next year in jeopardy for the first half of the season. This is a broken bone, a fracture. It wasn't snapped all the way through. Didn't, I don't think, I, but he went to see the specialist in Green Bay, which tells me that surgery might be a possibility, yeah. whether that's to put a plate on it to just to strengthen it, you know, so he can work out in the winter or whatever. I don't know. We haven't heard yet, but he did go to that specialist, the same doctor that did Soroka and Steph Curry and Derek Jeter and Chipper, oh, that guy. So that tells me it was more that, you know, they want to make sure they get it right. And maybe it's a, but it, but it, I didn't get the impression. Obviously, it didn't break all the way through, or he wouldn't have been able to walk off the field. Yeah, so, I also heard that he may not have broken it because I guess they did an X-ray in between innings. I don't know. I there's I don't know. That was kind of I just I think the Braves. I thought Snip Snip kind of felt bad. I got a sense that Snip what didn't want people thinking he sent an injured guy back out there to pitch. You know, um, because. Just listening to Cranny's comments, he talked to Kenny after that. Cranny never mentioned that he went down and got an extra and everything. And I, Eric, you don't know how long that inning's going to last. What if it's three up, three down? They're going to send him down to get an X-ray and just trust that he's going to be able to do it, get back. And I just don't. I, I find it hard to believe that he got an X-ray that quick. That they said, okay, it's fine, and he went back out, and then it broke from doing root, the regular movement of push, pushing off the rubber, yeah, stepping. Uh, he didn't put stress on it again, other than the normal push off. He didn't plant and stop and start. You know, he didn't get hit again. I don't know. I just I, that didn't make sense. Much sense to me. But I kind of buy it. I, I don't know. If it's a little bit more believable when you're at home. You get an X-ray at home in 45 seconds. They got the machine in the clubhouse. I right. don't know how far the Astros clubhouse is, but yeah, your only fear would be getting him back out for the next inning if he was going back out, but. X-rays, they could do X-rays in the clubhouse. Like, oh yeah, they're there at all the new quick. ballparks. Yeah, so you know, I wouldn't. Maybe, maybe you cover your ass, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they would. Um, but yeah, you definitely, if you send a guy back out and and he winds up breaking his leg or something, I don't know. The thing is, you're losing him for the series anyway. If his if his leg's that compromised, right? And if he wanted to pitch, if he's saying I'm going back out, then why would you get out. an X-ray? You know, if yeah. he says I'm I'm fine, I'm good to go, why would you yeah. get an X-ray? You know. If he said, you know, unless he said, oh, it's really hurts, you know. I mean, you guys get hit in the shin all the time, and they get, yeah. and it hurts, you know. But I just, it just, I just, it, it seems like if you did that, so what's going to show up on the X-ray? It's going to show that the bone's perfectly fine, and then he goes back out, and it breaks from doing the routine thing. In other words, if it aggravated it, the X-ray would have shown a slight something, so a slight, a crack or something. If if you're if you're if you're suggesting that when he went back out, it made it worse and it then broke, wouldn't the initial X-ray show some damage there if the thing was about to break from routine pushing off the rubber? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know because there was a there was a why UFC, wouldn't it show the compromise? There was a UFC fight, Conor McGregor, about right. a month or two ago, where right. the theory was that he had damaged his leg uh, yep. checking a kick. 
And then when right. he broke it, he was just walking backwards. And the bone finally just gave out. So, I mean, it could have been a thing like that where right. that but weakened if, the bone. But but if Conor McGregor would have got an x-ray after he got kicked, it would have shown a compromised before bone. Before it fully snapped, yeah. That was you about to so. snap. And yeah. I'm saying if he would have got an x-ray after that, it wouldn't have shown a perfectly fine bone. No. And then he goes out and by throwing 12 more pitches or whatever, it went from perfectly fine to fractured from just pushing off. That's what I'm saying. That makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm no well, specialist. I'm no doctor. E- either way. he Either he, way. He jacked tough son his of a leg bitch. up on a line drive back up the middle. He's a tough and, son of a bitch. And it, and it messed his leg up bad enough that whether it was broken or not when he was pitching right. on it or if he did it on the last pitch, that shit had to hurt. And he didn't want to come out of the game. And he got three outs and struck out two of them. Yeah. With he whatever was all going three on. guys. And now his leg's broken. <laughs> and struck out Jose Altuve. Yeah, made him look bad. Man. So, yeah, now he's done. He's done. And where it really hurts you, obviously, is he was going to make another start in this series if the thing went five games. He was going to be your game five starter. And there's a chance then that he come, could have come back on short rest like he did with the 2017 Astros when he, when he came seven. back on and pitched four relief innings in Game Seven, and was the winning pitcher in Game and made it. You know, his is became an icon or legend there. He could have done that here too if he pitched Game Five. He could have come back on short rest in Game Seven if they needed him. So, and now, what makes it so bad, obviously, is what we just said. They would only have three starters they could really count on. Yeah, Freed's not two. pitching great, and they're leaning so hard on those three or four relievers. Yep, you know, mentor. <laughs> heroic three two plus inning relief stints in a span of seven days how tough is that dude well and the toughest thing about his is he came up off the bench he had to warm yeah. up on the field i know i think they you know charlie had a rough inning so he might have been throwing a little bit ahead of time but the hardest thing to do is go out there and warm up on the field and go into a game because you just mentally you know it throws you off you're not expecting to be in right. at the time you come in you kind of let your guard down you settle down and all of a sudden they say you're in you're sitting there in a chair, and you just jog out onto a major league mound and warm up. I couldn't believe how fast he got ready, but I was Cranny's, real. It was real interested to see how it affected him. Did you see Cranny's quotes on that? He Mm-mm. said after he went down, and Snit said, Snit told him Cranny talked to Snit because Cranny thought it was just a shin thing, you know, a burner was going to be fine. It was he was going to hurt, but he was going to be okay. And Snit said, I don't know if he's going to be able to go back out there. That was when they were looking at him, you know, between innings. And Cranny's like, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. So Cranny called called and had uh, Minter okay. and Chavi start warming up and get yeah. ready mentally. That's that what he sense. said, what you what you were just saying. He wanted them to mentally start because yeah. Minter never goes in that early. Well, that's big. So he wanted them to start getting ready. And he dealt. <laughs> I mean, he dealt. This whole postseason. He could have gone three innings if they'd have made a play. Yeah. He went two and two-thirds. Yeah. So in seven days, he went two, two, I think it was two, two, and two and two-thirds. And they were all terrific. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he's been, the he's one thing for me that I feel good about. You know, I mean, he started a game last year in the NLCS. Yeah. But to if you get to a point where you got to go a bullpen game, I feel really good throwing Minter out there to start it off. Yeah. You know, get two, say, two and a half, two, two and a third out of him, two and two thirds. I would three. say you could start him in game five, but I think you'll need him in game four. You know, that's the problem. Yeah. You can't say we can't use him in game four because we want to start him in game five. That's yeah. Uh, that's why, you know, and you have to play it like that. You can't play it. You can't say no. he's so valuable that if you get a game, you can put away. Right. You got to use it. 
fuck is start? You know, I mean, honestly, if you get a game that you can put away and you're up, you know, in the fifth or sixth inning by two or three runs and you need two innings out of them now, game five is whatever game five is. If you're winning game three or four, you need him. That's why you you just can't plan on using him at a certain, you know, in a certain game. But and. And that's why Kyle Wright was so yeah. huge last night. That was the best thing that happened in that game last night was Kyle Wright. Yeah, it was. The guy we have not seen since June. Been a triple-A, dealing in triple-A, but we're like, okay, you're dealing in triple-A, big deal. We've seen Kyle Wright do this enough times, like four – I think he's had stints in four different years, and it's never lasted. Well, he's been dealing in AAA. He gets added to the roster, and I kind of roll my eyes when he's added to the roster. But you know, Same. they needed a, they needed another arm, and he's pitched great in AAA, and they're running out of arms. So he comes in last night, and dude, he was filthy. He was filthy. That stuff you've talked about it f- from the first time you ever saw him. That slider is just—I mean, it's as good as you see. Big tall guy throwing a yeah. hard, sharp slider. You know, I mean. He's got all the tools, and and we've talked about it for however many years. And you know, it's like when a guy's dealing in AAA, I don't give a shit. Yeah, they're always they're always dealing in AAA. You know, if they've been there, if they've been there for three years, you know, they're comfortable there. And and that's the main difference is just the confidence and the comfort they have in that level. You know, it's a step down. They expect to succeed, and then they come up to the big leagues. They're not sure if they can do it. Yeah. So I think for him, obviously, I would I would like his start if he if he was going to get a start. Yeah, I feel way better about his start. Him getting to go out and get three punches last night. Yeah, you know, getting that out of the way, struck out everybody he faced in the eighth inning. Versus having a chance to to sit there and think about it all day and wonder if he can do it. You know, he yeah. went out there, and I know it wasn't it wasn't a close game. You know, there there was there wasn't as much pressure as possible as as, as starting a game or whatever. Right. But it's still the World Series. You know, all your family's watching. The whole world's watching. Yeah. You know, this is the for him. He knows if he doesn't pitch well in this, if he goes out and gets titted, gives up four runs right there, he's not seeing the field again in the World Series unless it's a twelve run game. So for him, there was there was plenty of pressure. He went out and struck out the side, and he's might maybe not seeing the field again for the Braves because in the offseason he's a lot easier to trade if he failed once again. You know, yeah. Um. I just and and you talk about his mound demeanor, which can look great at times, and then when something goes wrong, he just kind of crumbles. Yeah. His mound demeanor last night, I thought, looked terrific. Yeah. He looked like I do this all the time. What are you talking about? You know, he looked like I'm a stud from Vanderbilt. I, I was one of the best play, pitchers in college ball, and I'm still a great guy prospect. That's what he looked like, and he was. I mean, he's throwing hard too, and yeah. just dotting spots. I just thought he looked really good, man. That was that was the most impressive inning I saw last night. Yeah, by other far. than their guy, other than a couple of innings, uh, what I, I can't pronounce his name with the with a Q. Their starter last night. Oh, Urquidy. Urquidy. He was he was really good last night. He must have had a sneaky fastball, but I'll tell you what, he doesn't waste any time and he fills up the zone. Yeah, seven strikeouts, no walks last night. Yeah, he went after guys. I think he's got one of those fastballs that kind of gets on hitters. Yeah, because even Rosario, you know, Rosario has been as hot as they come, and he was missing fastballs down the middle. And I, but what I do feel really good about that, and it's the same thing I feel about when teams see Ian for the second time. I feel like if the Braves face Arcidi again in this World yeah, Series, yeah, 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 they're gonna have seen it. And, and when yeah. a guy's kind of got something different that you have to see to adjust to, I always give the hitters advantage the next time they see him because now the the show, you know, there's it's not a gimmick anymore. They know what yeah. to expect. 
if the fastball's sneaky and plays up and beats them at 94, they know to treat it like 97 and they believe it and they'll do it right. this time. So I feel if they face him again, I feel good about it. I mean, I'm trying to remember who else pitched for them last night, but it was Maton, who we're going to see a lot, young guy, uh, Presley, Christian Javier, uh, Urquidy, and then who they bring in to close? Uh, oh, the Graveman from Seattle. Yeah. Um, did anybody you saw last night have have better stuff than Kyle Wright? Yeah. Maybe Graveman? Graveman huh? does. Graveman, Graveman. throws. Graveman. He's, he's, but Kyle he's, Wright was right up there, though, dude. Besides, yeah. I mean, he was good. He was that good. And I've been one of his harshest critics. I've been yeah. like, okay, I'm done with this guy. Because he's, he's fallen on his face so many times when you think he's turned a corner. But that was impressive last night. And don't forget, he did it last year in a postseason, so it's not like he's never done it in a postseason. So he probably felt a little yeah. more comfortable than he might have. In this part. Yep. It pitched great here and then fell on his face in the other one in NLCS. But he pitched great in this park, yeah. Yeah, I thought he looked great. Asterisk. Um I mean Asterisk. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to go to somebody, you know. Man, mate. You're yeah. gonna need somebody to make a start. You can't just do everything with uh with uh <laughs> You can't have four bullpen games. And you can't have uh AJ go two to three innings every night and Matzik go an inning and a third and Luke go an inning. You can't I mean, you're probably gonna try to, but you gotta have somebody else do it too. Uh Chavez he did. He's done okay. Yep. He's done okay. Smiley last night reminded you of why he is just you cannot rely on the guy. I mean, he comes in last night and first pitch is hit for a bomb by Altuve. Why you would throw a fastball right down the middle to Altuve who hits that first pitch as well as anybody? I have no idea. Why yeah. would you do that? I, he I swings think it's at for the starters. first pitch all starters the time. Starters are used to coming in and getting yeah. their feet wet a little bit, testing the water. But yeah. for Altuve, it's a second, third at bat. Yeah, he's ready. You know, if you if you he get some nasty anybody. pitches, he's already hit off at Charlie. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he sees he's already hit off a Freed in the series, so he sees something he feels like he can handle. He's not wasting any time. Yeah, he'll ambush you, man. That guy does not waste time. So yeah, he's Acuna up there with just ready. So he crushed that first pitch and uh, got that in enough. Uh, yeah, to to Smiley's credit, I thought that inning was just going to be an utter disaster and he was going to have to wear it. Worked out he didn't it. give up another run in that yeah. inning somehow. He gave up a double, a ground ball. He hit uh, Jordan Alvarez. Then he gets a fly ball. Then he walks a guy. So the bases are loaded and he struck, he strikes out uh, Guriel to, to leave three. Yeah. I mean, that inning was like it was capable of just blowing up and them getting beat again 11 to 2, like they did with the Dodgers. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for them to make a, a big comeback win. Yeah. You know, in the playoffs, I, I like that. Like yeah. If you're going to win this series, you got to win a game you're not supposed to win. Yeah. And I thought last night would have been a good one. They had some chances. You yeah. Know, they a did. few times they had some chances to just to find a way back in it. And if they can find a way back in one of these games, I think they can win them because you know they got they got enough depth in the pen to keep it close. I thought but, after Solaire's one out double, yep, in uh, the sixth inning, I thought this is the this is the inning where they do it, where they score some runs. And then Peterson, Jack, Jock Peterson had a terrible game last night at the plate. He pops up to shallow center. He doesn't even move him over, and Duvall popped up foul to end that inning. So that just went. Pfft. Yeah, you know, Jack last night, dude, zero for four with three strikeouts. He the first three games of his postseason, two pinch hit homers and a pinch hit. Uh, what was it? A single three, in the first three games. He has done very little. He hit the home run 
But as a starter, other than that home run, he's done almost nothing at the plate. I, and I don't think you're going to see him start in these games here with the DH. No DH, I mean. I don't think you're going to see him start. I like him off the bench. I do too. I think he's such a weapon off the bench. I know he wants to play, obviously, but I just think he's so good as a pinch hitter. Yeah. And most guys can't do that role, but he does it great. And when you've got Soler, Rosario, and Duvall, and you don't have a DH, I don't yeah. know, man. I, I don't know how you sit any of those guys. Uh, just depending on the matchups, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's 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 always baseball too, you know. I mean, it's like you can be locked in and take an zero for four, strike out three times. Yeah, well, one of them at to his the one he argued the last one that called third strike was at the very bottom of the zone, yeah. if not below it. That and he and he had a right to argue on that one. But. Which overall, I feel like so many more calls are going the Astros' way. You know, balls and strikes, and I don't know. You know sometimes that's when you're at home. Yeah. Um, that kinda, strike zone last night was left a little to be desired, didn't it? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I mean, the, the game's changed a lot in that sense where I saw eight, everybody making eight, this big eight, no. this big fuss over um, that pitch Freddie struck out on that was a centimeter off the plate away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's K-zones on the screen. But at the same time, there's a lot of – there used to be a saying, it's too close to take. Exactly, and there, there's certain stuff you just can't leave in the umpire's hands. And I think what's what's really hard is these guys know the zone so well yeah. that when that ball is a centimeter off the plate, they know it's a ball, right? And they're looking for something they can hit harder and hit better and drive into a gap. And then the ump calls it a strike, and it ruins their at bat. But and that, and that happens all throughout the game. But for me, you know, that's almost a bad thing to know the zone that well because a pitch like that you can't leave yeah. in the umpire's hands. Yeah, and and having that box on the screen. Terrible. People see it now. Yeah. There over the years, there were so many pitches that would have been a little bit outside that box and people wouldn't have said a word. But when, now when it's a, just barely outside the box, I'm like, come on, man. You can't read naked eye. That's not you can't tell that. No. My first my first eight years in the big leagues, that pitch was a strike a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. If the catcher set up away and you threw a fastball away a little bit off the plate and their glove didn't move. Oh yeah. It was a strike every time. And now it's like it's it's a ball most of the time, but right. when it gets called a strike, everybody's so shocked, you know? Right. It's, if it's half a ball outside, now it's called it's called a ball. Yeah. And when you go back to Glavin and Maddox and the catcher oh. set up and the umpire would reward them for being able to hit the mitt and Three, just four inches. and those guys were genius. They would slowly move it outside and work it. I mean, they just did it. They were masters of it. They yeah. mastered the craft. Yeah. That's just the way it was. I mean, they would have adopted today's game if they didn't get that, but they got it. So why wouldn't you do it? But that was a different game. Yeah, it was. And so, that's, it was. You know, that's another thing going on too. Is umpires now they give you a strike when you miss your spot? They, they, yeah. they, you try to throw a fastball away. Yeah, and you and you miss inside at the hip. Yeah, and the catcher dives across the plate for it. I'm so ready to call that. Which they yeah. never gave that to you in the past. So the, for me, the zones changed. I feel like it's gotten smaller as a whole because you can't expand it and do what Glavin right. and Maddox did right. and hit the glove and, and try to get that reward. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's interesting for me to see people complaining about a pitch a centimeter off the plate. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel like that's just something, you know, that's in the spirit of the game. You're not supposed to leave that in the ump's hands. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Like I said, I think a rainout could really help them. I don't. It's about fifty percent chance of rain tomorrow, tomorrow night, forty-five fifty. It's going to be cold here, man. It's going to be look like a game, a postseason game in the Northeast. And we've had beautiful weather here for the first two rounds. It was in the seventies, eighty, and sunny, clear. And yeah. now we come home, and it just got cool and chilly here in the last two days. So it's kind of a shame, but at the same time. It could really benefit the Braves if they can push this thing back to just by a day. You go, then you go game three on Saturday if that were to happen. Then Max be on regular rest for game four. Shit, tell that grounds crew or, to have some or trouble. Or game five, with the I tarp. mean. <laughs> or game five. So you'd have Ian in game three. You'd have a bullpen game in game four. And Ian or Max on regular rest on game five. Yeah, then you probably have to good. go game. You'd probably have to go bullpen game on game six. But like you said, you can't worry about what when you have to do it later. You just. You want to win the games now when you can. Yeah. And if you could win, if you could win with Ian and then uh, whatever's going to happen in that bullpen game be at worst 2 2 with yeah. Max going, you got to think Max is due for a real good start after the way he finished that last night. I think he'll clean it up. I thought, you know, honestly, I thought his mechanics looked a lot better. He looked a lot more calm in his delivery. Yeah. He looked taller. He looked like he his tempo was way better. Um, they they put some base runners on the first inning, sped him up a little bit, and they hit balls hard in the first inning. I'm not taking that away from him. Yeah. But the second inning was one of those innings that you really have to be a mature uh, yeah. baseball player and be able to analyze it and say, "Fuck, I didn't. They didn't hit me hard that inning." Yeah. You know, and and that's yeah. when that's and I when think he was. You know, the first inning, fine. They crushed the ball. They were hitting it well. They were on everything. The second inning, whatever they they just hit C and I ground balls and put together a, a big inning somehow. But that wasn't for me. That wasn't on him. And then you know, staying with his uh, approach, it it played out and looked he looked pretty good the next three. And I thought Darno, that was a good good to see him last night hit that nice home run yeah. in the first in or the second inning because he hasn't done much at all at the plate during a series. He had that home run. He had a single later. So if you could get him going, you still need to get Dansby Swanson going. He's not having a Dansby. Dansby hit that ball to center, though. Yes, he did. He did. So, you know, if you get a couple more of these guys going, uh, the offense could really come alive and put together a nice uh, 
you know, eight run game or whatever, but that's what you need to get going. Um, I thought uh, Solaire. I'm really impressed with how good Solaire's looked coming off yeah. after missing that much time because he's hitting balls hard, man. Yeah. He had a couple of fouls. The one that was caught down the line. I mean, that was that was a, hit a long way too, but he could be, he, he could do some more damage. Ball. And he could do some damage there in Houston with those Crawford boxes. They had a few yeah. guys get to do damage there. So you get this thing back there they're, they're, for a game six. I know they'd like to finish it here and not go back. But these guys, these guys are – they got a team well-equipped to hit in that ballpark. Those yeah, they really do. Sh- so short in left field. God. It's so funny, too, because I'm seeing, you know, after the Braves beat the Dodgers, all this stuff like, well, they just got hot at the right time. You know, all this stuff about how they, they got hot and they just started playing well at the right time. I'm like – You've been watching the team. They've been this hot. They've been playing since like the, this. They've been doing this since August. Since the beginning of August. The way they played game one, that didn't yeah. shock anybody that's been watching no. the team. When they piled no. on a couple homers and, and and tacked on some extra runs, you're like, yeah, that's just what this this team's been doing for three months now. That's just people that look at 88 wins yeah, and just look at 106 wins. And they don't look at what the teams have done in the last two months when they were basically equals. Yeah. You know, who cares what happened in the first four months? Look what they've done in the last two months of the season. This is who they are. This is it's, who they and, it's and on the other hand, you know, they had the best two one two pitching combination in baseball for the last two months with Freed yep. and, and, and Charlie. And now you don't have that or with Charlie out. So they got more adversity to overcome. I don't think anybody that's watched them replace one guy after another is going to write them off yet, though, because they've overcome everything. <laughs> Darno gone three months. Ozuna gone almost the entire season. Acuna gone the second half. Uh, Soroka gone the entire season. I mean, it has been one thing after another with his team. Yeah, and they've overcome. So they just have to do it again with their with their postseason god in Charlie Morton. Well, they need they need uh, Anderson to step up. Is what they need. Absolutely. And, you know, and Houston he fit, hasn't he seen pitched, him yet. Yeah, he pitched well the last time out. Yeah, he did. And, and he got I mean, he got yanked early in that game because it right. was just a, a chance to get Rosario right. up maybe with it wound up working but he was cruising in in that game against the Dodgers you know he ain't gonna get yanked early this time <laughs> no because they need that pen <laughs> they need to go him to go six good innings man yeah so it, it's interesting at, at, you know the, the games have not been pretty so far but the Braves will take one one any day of the week so now they're home for three games. Thankfully, they got for them. They got that home field advantage for this, or, or they got the three games in the middle, and they split the first I think the two. Three in the middle is just as big. Yeah, if you can just pull a split off of that first one, in effect, you almost have home field advantage. You know, yep. if you're playing really well at home. Well, if you, got you look a at it this to, way, look at it as a five game series. Right. That's what right. it is now. You That's got what home it is field now. for a five game series because you were able to go to Houston and split. That's right. You've got home field advantage now because. All you have to do, if you can win two out of three here, then you go back and all you need to do is split. Split, split on the road. So, World Series champ. It's crazy, isn't it? To think, to think at t- the times, this, the way this season looked for so much of the year, this team's in position. I mean, they're, they're three wins from winning a World Series, man. Oh, shit, we said it all year. They'll turn this thing around at some point, but I started to doubt us too. I was like, shit, (laughs) man. They look a lot better than, you know, than they're playing, and I think they're a better team than this. But I felt like there was about a month straight where we were constantly saying they were going to turn it around. Yeah. And it was starting to look like maybe they won't. (laughs) But we kept saying it. 
for people that are at home and watching and wondering how the confidence is and you know when you get you lose Charlie Morton and they're worried about the confidence and the momentum shift in LA after LA did the same thing they did to him last year you guys should not worry because this team is different than you think anybody that doesn't notice so far this team is confident man they believe in each other no matter what happens and that doesn't waver with Charlie being out this team still believes it's almost like they're like bring it on Bring more adversity. That's just the attitude they have. They feed off each other, and they all still believe. They believe entirely. So their confidence, if the confidence of some fans is a little shaky right now, Doesn't the matter. team's is not. No. It really is not. So, And they would have if they would, they would have cracked after the Dodgers had those comeback wins in L.A. Exactly. And then, and then beat the shit out of them the next day, and they yep. came back to Atlanta, you know, with a one-game lead, need to yep. win one out of two. It didn't even go down to the wire. They won game six, and that was it. Absolutely. You know, so. if, if they were feeling that pressure, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have just put them away game six. Yeah. They learned a lot from last year. So we'll see where we are in uh, three games here. The Braves would like for this thing not to go back to Houston. They'd like to be having a parade instead of going back to Houston. They might. It's possible. They're tough at home. They're very tough at home. Ten out of eleven. All five in the postseason so far against the Dodgers and Brewers. So we'll see. All right, that's it, everybody. We appreciate you guys listening to us on these multiple shows. The more shows we're doing during the postseason, we're, we keep doing more because you guys are giving us great ratings and we're getting good numbers. And uh, obviously, there's an appetite for it. So we'll keep doing it as long as you guys are listening. And uh, hopefully, we have a show uh, about the Braves taking command of this series in a couple of days. Monday or Sunday. All right, 755 is real, and we are out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.